Hi, this is Peter Hartlob, and this week's Datebook Podcast is a flashback from December 11th, 2018, when I spoke with the directors of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Peter Ramsey, Rodney Rothman, and Bob Persichetti. At the time the episode was recorded, the movie had not come out yet. It went on to win the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature and is already appearing on lists among the best superhero films of all time. One of my favorite episodes. I hope you enjoy it. From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Imagine someone took the scripts from six Spider-Man films, put them all in a blender, and somehow ended up with something better than any of the individual projects ever could have been. That's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. The new film from Sony Pictures Animation takes the origin story of Miles Morales, a newer Spider-Man in the comics universe, who lives in Brooklyn and is the son of a New York cop. But the filmmakers keep adding new heroes and villains from other universes, including an aging, out-of-shape Peter Parker. Spider-Man has a gut. Somehow it all works with strikingly stylized visuals that blend comic book techniques and computer animation. Directors Peter Ramsey, Rodney Rothman, and Bob Persichetti came to the San Francisco Chronicle just hours after the San Francisco Chronicle film critics circle named Spider-Verse its animated movie of the year. They love the podcasting studio in the Chronicle archive and seem to be riding high from the positive buzz from the film. My review for the movie is already out. Spider-Verse received a little man clapping and will be on my list of top movies of the year. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse opens wide Friday, December 14th. Datebook Podcast, thanks for listening. Welcome to the San Francisco Chronicle. Peter, Rodney, Bob, directors of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Hello. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, we're we're four days before the opening of the film um, as we're recording, and but people are already talking about it. It's been getting a lot of buzz. Uh, My reviews out, our SF Film Critics Circle last night just gave it the best animated film of the year. Yes, thank you. I I feel like you guys are, are, you're looking a little shell-shocked to me now. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping you could describe what it's been like for you just the last couple of weeks. Shell-shocked is a pretty good word. I mean, the the movie, we, we literally finished, what, a little more than a week ago? Yeah, it's, it's a few days before the, the premiere. Yeah, so yeah. and it's been three years of pretty intense work. So, wow, uh, the the response now is it's it's unreal. It literally is like being in a dream. Yeah, that's that's kind of the the way to describe it. Um, like if it's possible to for a, a globally released Spider-Man movie to be an underdog, like we kind of feel that way, you know, and we have felt that way for a while. We felt like a little <laughs> off the radar. People didn't really know about our movie. Um, and you write how you dream it might go in your head, you know, especially when things get hard. Uh, and this this experience for the last couple of weeks has has been sort of what you wrote, you yeah. know, or even I think it's been a little bit greater. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you tell yourself, don't be an idiot. Stop, yeah. stop thinking that, and don't ever tell anybody you ever thought it. Yeah, and I guess the other thing is, that, you know, you know, you spend years working on something, and you really everyone, hundreds of people beyond us, you know, invest a lot in the movie, a lot of 
touches and a lot of themselves in the movie. And, you know, even in the early reaction, we hear people notice some of that stuff and appreciate yeah. it. And mm-hmm. you don't expect that or take that for granted. That's, that's, um, that's really cool. You know, that doesn't always happen. No, it doesn't. It's definitely feeling a little bit uh, whiplashy, you know, just how quickly it went from running a full sprint um, marathon to uh, like kind of celebrating, you know. You talk about the underdog status and this happened to me with Lego Movie Mm 2. I I didn't see it coming and I write the film reviews. I love animated films. I love superhero movies. This is like right in my pipeline, Mm. but I end up writing the review and, and half the review, I almost feel like I'm, I'm, I'm like not apologizing, but explaining my surprise. I mean, I think for I think the surprise for everyone. Um, I think for us, even when we first started, there was you know, oh another Spider-Man movie, and there was that whole sort of thread going on as we all kind of came onto the film, and then that was the thing that actually you know in a strange way created us as maybe an underdog, but also gave us the freedom to be completely um, wild and free with our creativity and 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 the way we told the narrative and the visuals, and so I think. Uh, I think we ended up finding um, a lot of inspiration in in, in the idea of, um, hey, this is an animated superhero film. There are these preconceived expectations, and let's go against them. Let's just make something that feels idiosyncratic, much like Miles is. Yeah, our our producers and the very first people really on the movie are Phil Lord and Chris Miller. And, you know, they genuinely, truly have... A rebellious spirit you know it's 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 not keyed into spider-man or mm-hmm. lego it's it's about cinema and it's about you know you know a, it's about a whole bunch of things and, and it's not for show it's 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 very real you know and, and it was kind of baked into our whole you know the whole cruise experience from the beginning this idea that that we were going to spend a couple years working on something and use a big spider-man movie as a platform to to challenge ourselves to to um try a bunch of new stuff that that we didn't know was going to work or not you know yeah. um but that you know you know and that was uh that was reiterated throughout the whole process that was that was the where we, the compass was set was you know sitting in our review sessions and and looking at what we had and saying have we seen this before you know is there a way we can push how we're telling this kid's story you know the expressiveness of it, of it use animation use cinema um you know, we were testing out a lot of theories. You know, and that you know, and that does start with with uh, our producers, who who genuinely, I think, feel a um, a requirement when they step up to the plate to to give the audience something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we failed a lot yeah. too. You know, yeah. on on the way there, and so I think as as again surprising as it is to be using these these terms that you said you were using in your review. I think for us, it was the fact that um, we made it to that place where the film started to build on on decisions and choices we made earlier, and each one was compounding in a really positive way. Mm. I want to start with a visual look, because Mm. I had trouble even latching on to what I was seeing, but I did see elements of old and new in there. Um, I, I first let out a little cheer when I saw that you had half toning, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the dots that you see in comic books yeah. and that you see in the newspapers that are surrounding us, um, that that's a touchstone. And I, I'm sure there are a lot of things that I didn't notice, but I saw that there's a lot of old and new in there, a blending of comic book and the state of the art digital technology that we're mm-hmm. used to seeing animated films. What was the process like getting that look? Did that take a while? Mm-hmm. It did. It took, uh, we like to say it took us a year and a half to get our first two seconds of 
like acceptable uh, <laughs> image up on the screen. And uh, it was, you know, it, the the original brief from uh, from uh, Phil and and Chris, and uh, you know Bob, who was the first one of us to start, was okay. We're gonna we're gonna tell the story. We're gonna do it in a way that has never been seen before. I mean, actually, that's really what we're gonna do. And you know, yeah, that's a, Easy an interesting say. place to start <laughs> Easy from. To say, hard to do. And, but it started, you know, and I think the other idea was let's go back to the legacy of the comic books and use animation, which is a medium that's perfectly suited and ha- had its origins, obviously, in hand-drawn images on screen. Let's marry those two again in a way that really hasn't happened in a long time. And that process and then uh, our secret weapon was our, our genius production designer, Justin Thompson, uh, working along with Danny Dimian, our VFX supervisor at Imageworks, to technically figure out how to achieve a bunch of this stuff. But the language of how we were going to do this started coming together piece by piece over that initial year and a half. And uh, it was th- it was things like the realization that, oh, if you took printing techniques that were present in old comics and found a way to transpose them to the screen, there's a visual language that is a met that is a metaphor or or a uh, kind of an analog for a lot of cinematic image techniques like depth of field, uh, you know those kinds of things that kind of allowed us to tell the story through graphic means rather than uh, optical cinematic means, which yeah. was a big breakthrough. Yeah, and you and you and you had I mean a lot of these ideas started with Bob. Yeah, know? I mean, I, yeah, it was just a, the idea of like, hey. Um, what if we stripped out all these things that we've in the last sort of 20, 25 years, CGI animation has sort of hit this, you know, this golden age of, of we know how to make it. It's sort of this in, there's a there's a entrenched sort of pipeline that um, is incredibly you know powerful. But it's also can sometimes be kind of limiting because mm-hmm. there are certain guardrails that we have to kind of stay within. And we said, well, let's let's like knock the guardrails down. Let's take all the conventions that um, all uh, both animation and live action films, you know, that have a lot of VFX in them, they depend on things like motion blur heavily. And we stripped, there's not like one frame of motion blur in this movie, which is also why it feels so crunchy and and vivid. Um, and then, so we took that out. Um, we took uh, like CGI animation, we is, is you know, tw- we have 24 frames in a second. Um, so CGI started this idea that like, oh, we need to have a new image on every second because we have simulations that run and things like that. But old traditional hand-drawn animation, you could get away with 12 drawings per second. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we just started to bring those ideas into, into the computer. Um, and it really created this real textured, tactile thing that allowed us to get a lot of performance out of fewer um, sort of drawings um, but but it felt also like when you peel through the pages of a comic book and these really strong dynamic images tell story really quickly, it felt like that, and and that was sort of the big success. Was yeah. there like a eureka moment? I mean, was there some point where you're like, oh my god, this is gonna work? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, we had a teaser that we put together about a year ago, mm-hmm. and the way it worked in our movie, at least, maybe maybe not all <laughs> movies, but the way it worked in our movie is that we were building the teaser before we even fully knew what the movie was. We were building the teaser shot by shot. Um, it was just a kind of evocative tone piece about Miles you know, on a building jumping off. Um, but for three or four months while we developed the, we're continuing to develop the story and the actual movie, we developed this teaser. And, um, and the teaser allowed us in like, let's say 25 different shots to 
to achieve 25 different looks and different lighting and different things. And and we would sit in review sessions building the yeah. teaser, and we mm-hmm. got, got really excited. We got really excited seeing what was coming back to us, um, seeing this combination of, of, you know, very graphic, very striking images, you know, a mix of, of uh, photorealism and stylization. All that stuff was really figured out building the teaser. And, and that teaser for us even became um, the way forward as we built the rest of the movie. Um, yeah. yeah, and I, the, the, the last couple shots of that teaser were the shots where Miles pulled off his mask. And we still, uh, you know, those, I think we approved them the day before the teaser <laughs> dropped and 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 it was and if you look at the teaser you'll see that we've come a long way since then on how to do even mm-hmm. even the skin tones on his face because mm-hmm. we were desperately trying to figure it out trying how uh, you know to find a version that didn't feel um sort of like a you know um like it had any plastic in it you know yeah. that there was just yeah. this warmth to the to also the, the the texture of the skin and the tone of the skin um and and uh and then we had to proceduralize everything to make the whole movie. So that was also part of the teaser process was just trying to figure out what the look looked like. Um, and then like, oh, my God, how do we do it for, you know, another, mm-hmm. you know, 112 minutes? Yeah. 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 Because the pipeline at uh, Sony Animation was not built for our movie. It had to be rebuilt for our movie. Um, and, you know, I'm, you know, there are a lot of uncomfortable conversations to make that happen. And luckily, you know, most people especially the, the more yeah. upper-level people on the movie were, were hungry to be part of something that mm. tried to do something different, so they helped us a lot. You have a lot of movie experience between the three of you. Is that an unusual thing? Because my understanding is that this film kept getting more expensive and more complicated, and yet <laughs> it got made mm. in what looks like, you know, certainly as a viewer, I feel like it spared no expense. And um, is that a rare thing? Mm, you know, I I don't know if we're if we're talking in terms of what it takes to make a big animated feature, mm-hmm. it's not that big of a deal to have multiple directors. Uh, part of the reason is, you know, as opposed to live action, we've got multiple phases of actual production going on at the same time. So while things are still being written or storyboarded, they're also being edited. They're being uh, the cameras being you know worked on and layout. Things are being animated. Actors are being recorded. So we're all bouncing around doing all those things, the three of us kind of uh, hopping around. And then, you know, in terms of everything else, like the expense and the, it's like, oh, uh, you know. <laughs> I mean, once the numbers get to a certain point, it, it's all, right. it's just all gibberish to we me. Did anyway. sign, we did sign a budget. Yeah. <laughs> we did do that. I remember that. Um, I signed Fred Flintstone on one. <laughs> I didn't actually sign it. But it, I, think, I think once... Um, at some point, I would say, you know, probably in the spring of this year, summertime, everyone realized that we had things were starting to click. The story was really starting to resonate and the visuals were really starting to click. And I think everybody at that point was just like, we're all in. Like, we're going to finish this yeah. movie and and whatever you guys need, um, we'll try and give it to you. Yeah. So yeah. we were pretty I mean, lucky. I will say the movie definitely would not exist in the form that it is had it not been for the relationship that Phil Lord and Chris Miller have with uh, Sony yeah, Sony Pictures. Yeah. I mean, it just it just wouldn't. And one of the one of the real uh, one of the real wild things about this whole project has been being on something where the top people are they're not holding you back or restraining you creatively. They are actually pushing you forward and urging you to go as far as you possibly can. And that's that's what the situation was with Phil and Chris. It was and and ultimately with Sony, 
the Christine Belson and uh, and the leadership there. It was just, you know what, go out as far as possible, make something that's never been made before. Yeah, a big Phil Lord thing, we've not talked about this, but a big Phil Lord thing is is saying, you'll show him something you're working on and he'll say that it feels indecisive. Yeah. You know, and you, and, you, and often you have this reaction where you're like, what do you mean indecisive, man? Like, I decided. It's, look, it's right, <laughs> right here. I decided, man. I, I decided, I decided, it's there. Um, but, he, you know, he, what he meant was that, you know, you were, you were, sh we were showing something that was just kind of stuck in between. It wasn't, it wasn't conservative enough, or it wasn't going far enough. It was like stuck in between, you know, a clear expression of something. You know, and you would kind of once you got past, you're like, oh, no, I totally decided. Uh, you kind of look at it, and, you know, and, and say like, okay, like, like, how do we decide something even more specific here? How do we yeah. express Miles' emotion even more specifically? Mm -hmm. How do we push the image to be even more, you know? Clarified, you know, and and uh, expressive. So, yeah, you know, that was that was a big thing. It's, it's like yeah. it's the gee of filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I I was very impressed by the density of this. It, it felt like like a season's worth of The Wire is in your <laughs> Spider-Man film. I mean, you have high praise. You wow, have yeah. you have five or six six heroes. Wait, is your favorite season five? Uh, <laughs> We're sitting in an archive room. <laughs> yeah, no, season, season five was good. That's probably my third favorite. Okay, good, fair enough. But I think we're going to go one, three. Some people will go two just to kind of be rebellious oh, yeah. and then, then go good. to five. Yeah. <laughs> three. Yeah. <laughs> you had so many characters in there, and I'm not sure how you balanced it. Um, I'm wondering if you can tell me, were there more and you cut a few? Was it uh, a delicate situation getting so many people in there and having them all be vivid characters? It was just painstaking over years. One nice thing about animation is that you're 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 iterating over and over and over again. You know, you know, in, in live action you get one, maybe two chances, you know, to make a movie. And obviously you can do a lot in edit to reshape a movie, but uh in animation you really are making and remaking the movie. And, and this movie um had to balance a lot of tones, a lot of characters, um, a lot of story, and uh in the end, uh in the end the movie wasn't very forgiving. Like if it, if we had too much of something in it, it just didn't feel good, you know. And uh, and and we just found that if we focused it mostly on Miles Morales mm -hmm. and his family, uh, and really tried to make it subjective to Miles, even if we were telling a story about other characters, make it subjective to Miles, uh, and try to capture the emotions that Miles was feeling, uh, we found that the movie worked. Mm -hmm. So that's you know time and time again, that's how we kind of dug our way out of things. And and I think what you're referring to is you know there look we made the we have like a hundred versions of the movie on a computer that can barely work anymore mm -hmm. and you know and we can tell you a lot of backstory about characters that isn't in the movie but a lot of that stuff does remain in the movie in different forms we have payoffs to story <laughs> or jokes or stuff and we cut the setup yeah. you know like <laughs> uh, but but it does it does you know add it add up to a sense of uh, of texture yeah which uh, which which uh, Make, it doesn't improve, I think, the, the way the movie plays. So there's a three-hour cut somewhere. <laughs> no, that was the first cut. Literally, Literally the, first, the first animatic of this film was three yeah. hours long. Yeah. Yeah. And we, very different. Very different, yeah. Same characters, but, but, but narratively, um, same, you know, but just built in a very different way, yeah. But, yeah, but it's, uh, you know, it, the, the concept of the multiverse actually opens up a lot. It, it's almost novelistic. It, it, it allows you to explore characters and stories in in almost uh half measures you know mm -hmm. from different angles and uh 
and uh, we definitely try to take advantage of yeah, that. Yeah, which is, which is just a wonderful way. It, it just folds the idea of comic book reading into the movie, you know. Yeah. What were the deadlines like? I mean, you must have been finishing up. Uh, we were talking a little bit on the way in that, that you guys have been working on this up until a few days ago. Yeah. yeah. As someone on the movie said, deadlines were kind of a quaint relic of the past. Yes. Yeah. I'm not going to say who that was. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a very funny it's a bad lesson. But what we kind of learned is that when they say deadline, they don't mean deadline. No one actually died. <laughs> <laughs> We missed a lot of deadlines. Um, yeah. We did, but we didn't miss the one which is this weekend, <laughs> thankfully. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. For, it, um, like, you know, some different regions of the world have slightly different versions of yeah. the movie. Yeah, slightly yeah. different mixes, and maybe one or two takes yeah. of a line might be um, subtly different uh, in Europe or yeah, other we, yeah, zones. We, we ship different things at different times. Yeah. But, I, um, I was shocked when I saw the critics groups now the san francisco film critics circle we voted yesterday so there have been a few screens of the movies there's some critics groups that voted a week or two ago mm. and i don't even know how they all saw it well i, I mean, think everybody's seeing the same one yeah well like, at that point you know, we had to, that, there was like a like, yeah there was you know, like a uniformity the, of like this yeah. is what gets reviewed guys yeah. so yeah. this <laughs> yeah. is the so and, and, and um and we did a lot of traveling like we have been going we were finishing the movie and doing a lot of traveling, having screenings for critics, having screenings for um, you know guilds and things like that, and and that was also part of just trying to to say that okay, here's the one version of our movie that we're actually putting out, um, and some people saw it with a, a slightly different mix, but it's the same yeah. film. Yeah. So reviews are great. People are talking about it. Um, I think there's one thing left, though. Are you looking forward to just going into a random theater in your hometown or wherever and just watching it with a crowd and experiencing it that way? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've actually had versions of that, like in the through the uh, previous screening process, but also also now a lot of the screenings we're we're going to. I mean, there was just a great one yesterday at the Castro here in uh, San Francisco that. Uh, you know, it was. I think it was pretty close to like just a general audience and yeah. Uh, yeah, getting to wonderful. sit in there and uh, see them respond to the movie and and feel feel things working that are supposed to be working. And then there's always the surprises of things that people respond to that you didn't expect. You know, and it's you. It, it really is with every screening, with every audience. It's a it's a new experience. Uh, the movie just shifts and changes. and Yeah, and such a diverse audience, which is cool. Like when we see it play, it's like the range of ages and people who who are clicking into the movie is is really cool. And, you know, you know, and it's also something that we thought a lot about when we were making the movie. You know, there's a recurring line in the movie where spider people say to each other, what is that, by the way? That's rad. You know, we're in the catacombs of the Chronicle, so um, <laughs> there's building going on over there, and uh, and now we're starting to rent different spaces out, so that may be an improv theater group. I don't know. <laughs> it, it could be anything. Can we shout out a suggestion? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, uh, I, I, I will say that um, in the idea of looking forward to screening it with people that um, maybe you know and love, I, like I purposely... Uh, never showed my wife a version of the movie. I never showed my kids a version of the movie. We had our premiere last weekend, and I had them there for the very first time seeing it in its entirety. I had my dad there, my mom, and um, yeah. widely, you know, 
like varying taste levels um, amongst my family and they all um it was really cool to watch all of them mm. react in a way that i thought was um surprising even my dad i think he got a little like damp yeah <laughs> it's gonna be funny to watch with our family is a movie that has a lot of family scenes yeah exactly <laughs> there's definitely some there's you know we're all pulling from our own lives yeah. uh for to help you know tell miles yeah. story <laughs> Well, congratulations on the movie, and uh, thank you so much for coming to the Chronicles. Oh, this place it's is fantastic. A pleasure. This was really, really cool. Do me a favor. Tell all your friends because I love having people come here. I'd rather interview people here than in a hotel room. Yeah, and the interview is oh, always, yeah. always, always better. So, um, thank you so much, and congratulations on the movie, and have a good rest of your week. Yeah, and thanks for uh, thank you, and thank you for the, the San Francisco. Uh, Critics Award. It was, you know, super cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, we really, really appreciate like, it. Our heads are kind of swimming. We really appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah. Very awesome. cool. Thanks, man. Thank you. You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to my guests, Peter Ramsey, Rodney Rothman, and Bob Persichetti. Our producer today is me, Peter Hartlob. Senior producer is King Kaufman. Executive producer is Tim O'Rourke. And our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Our music is Mozart's Symphony 40 in G minor by Blue Dot Sessions. Read our columns and subscribe to The Chronicle at www.sfchronicle.com. San Francisco Chronicle podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com slash podcasts with an S. Thank you.